Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. We on that haunted ground. The three spooked girls. Hey, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. Today, Jessica and I are bringing you something new that will fall under the series title of Vital Conversations. This will range from spooky topics such as individuals in the paranormal investigation field, those who have experienced living in haunted houses firsthand, individuals in the true crime field, and more. We absolutely feel honored and love sharing cases and story with all of you, but we feel this will be an added bonus nugget every so often for you all to enjoy. On today's interview, we have Michael from Glowing Ghost Paranormal. He's an awesome investigator who strives to always educate his audience, bring the truth, and also a splash of humor. We hope you all enjoy. All right. Well, to kick us off, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my channel is Glowing Ghost Paranormal. I have YouTube, TikTok, and I just go to all different creepy locations, investigate, try to bring as much evidence I can as of the paranormal and do it as truthfully as I can because there's a lot of misinformation out there. Very much. I, yeah, well, I mean, one, I just think that you're this beautiful anomaly because normally when you get someone who's a paranormal investigator, they automatically believe in like everything. For me, it was like mind blowing. It was like, how are these two not like connected? But i I mean, I have the belief that whatever you put power into is what happens. And being brought up in my upbringing, it's like hard for me to not believe in it because of that brainwashing. We can call it brainwashing. (laughs) It's my life. I can call it what I want. So it's just, it's so refreshing in a way to like hear someone say like, not all of these things are real. Yeah. You know, and I think, I, I mean, you put, you brought up a really good point. It's kind of how we're raised and all these scary movies we've watched and TV shows claiming everything's demonic or evil. And when you start looking at everything through that fear-based lens, every experience that you have is going to be linked to something bad, evil, negative demon. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to a lot of different places where tragedies have happened. A lot of, a lot of bad stuff has happened. And I think sometimes people misinterpret that energy. When you walk into somewhere and feel something heavy or oppressive, it doesn't mean that there is a negative spirit there or a demon or something evil. It could just mean that a a really bad event happened there and that leaves an imprint in the area. And that's most likely what people are picking up on is that that negative vibe, that negative feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to a concentration camp when I was in high school. And I can tell you that like 
trauma of an area, like feeling the oppression of a trauma of an area is one of those things where it's like, it can literally like, I just sit down because of how like heavy it felt. And I didn't feel like it was like a person or a bunch of spirits. I felt like it was the trauma that had occurred in that room. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think people get a lot of wrapped up in like some of the big shows that are like on TV and stuff. And they just expect all these really like wild things to just happen and all of that. So yeah, exactly. And you know, and there's a lot of other different experiences that people have too. A lot of people that are sensitive to spirit and don't know it. For example, going into a location and feeling like they're being choked or immediately getting a headache or something like that. They automatically interpret that as being attacked when a lot of times if you're sensitive to spirit, it could be their way of showing you how they passed or the trauma that they went through. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, I I've recently, this past December, started developing as a medium. And a lot of those things that you start to feel, it makes a lot more sense once you realize, hey, this isn't bad. This is just spirit trying to tell me something. And as soon as you realize it, you process that information and let it go. The feeling disappears as well. Yes, that's what I was about to say. Like, I, it was, I can't remember, like, what was the first thing I saw of yours, but it was either you know, like the miscon, like one of those kind of things where you take the sound and make it so funny. But like, it was either that or one where you're educating people, you know, being explaining why this, you know, is harmful to do these fake things and stuff like that. So I appreciated that. I like when investigators do take the time to check or debunk, you know, to like show that, you know, not everything is possibly paranormal, you know what I mean? And there's people out there deceiving others. Because, yeah, if not, there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of, like, poltergeist and scary, scary shit right now. <laughs> Out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get, I've i gotten so many comments on my content, especially, like, yeah. YouTube and stuff where I'm on investigations. People saying, well, nothing happened. That's it. That's all, that's all that happened was a, a bang or a whisper or a voice. And that's usually what happens. It's yeah. not, you know cupboards slamming, tables flipping over, chairs flying through the air that mm-hmm. I've never seen that happen. Yeah. Could it? Sure, but it would be extremely rare. And so I find it very funny that so many people on TikTok have such yes. extreme hauntings right now. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh yeah, because like there's there's tons of really cool like horror, like, you know, I don't want to say movie accounts, but you know what I mean? Where they're like, yes, this is all fake. Like we're making it like there's some really amazing ones. There's one I follow that's like, literally looks like a horror video game. Like it's so well done, the graphics and everything, Mm -hmm. but it's on TikTok. So yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And you know, and another sad thing is these people, these creators on TikTok, they're making a lot of money off of it too. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like, ads and that kind of natural revenue from TikTok, right. that's fine. But when yeah. you're putting your PayPal and Venmo and wish lists and stuff like that up and people are contributing to something that they think is real and yeah. they're being misled, then I have a problem with that. People that are being authentic and putting that information out there and being true to who they are, like I have no problem with that. But when you're misleading people, then that's another story. I Yeah, I agree. My first like the gut reaction is to scream fake like I on TikTok am a huge person that just likes to lie I might not follow people as well I follow a lot of people 
if I think your content is good and you pop up on my like for you page more than like once, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll follow you. But like, if I see that kind of stuff, I'm like, I'm not even giving you a like, like, even though you did all this effort, I don't care. Like you're, you're not giving it like when people have real events that actually frighten them, when you do something like that, it kind of takes away from like the seriousness of it. And then also it's like, I always think why cupboards mm. Like, do ghosts have like, if, are you saying that ghosts have nothing else to do, but slam your cupboards? Like, and it's funny because I would watch like a lot of these channels that are, that are out there that are, you know, staging their activity. If they would just put for entertainment, I'd probably watch it because I'd find it entertaining. But the fact that they're misleading and putting all these kind of like falsehoods out there, then I'm like, no, now I can't jump on board, you know? I mean, yeah, I just... I'm I always I'm just like fake move on like I literally was <laughs> exactly. watching one and I was just like I yelled fake really loud I was in the oh hospital and I yelled fake and my nurse was like are you okay I'm like it's fine I'm fine <laughs> she's like okay <laughs> cupboards and closets cupboards and closets I know <laughs> yeah even with my husband sometimes he'll he'll want to show me one and he'll tip the, his ipad towards me he'll be like what do you think about this I'm like no scroll don't give him the watch time don't even give him the watch time <laughs> just go <laughs> Mm -hmm. I agree. One surprised me the other day. It was like someone was doing like a regular video and they didn't even address like not even in their hashtags or anything that there was something going on behind them. And I was like, oh, that's so sneaky because you're doing it in a way that people are going to be like in your in your comments engaging with you, which is what drives it. Because I was like, ah, cheating. Yeah. One of the things I always look out for with videos with that, like one of the telltale signs is if they specifically put in the description, I was home alone at this time. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's like, if if you're pointing that out right off the bat, then mm. no, someone is off screen pulling that cabinet. And I mean, like, there was a show, I think it was like, in the early 2000s, and maybe even the 90s, uh-huh. that like debunked that kind of video stuff. So I'm like, how are we in 2021 trying to pull the wool over our eyes? Like you could just YouTube like fake ghost encounters and it would be the same thing. So yeah, it's funny because a lot of those uh, like a lot of those channels have the larger following and you know, the people that follow them are just they just blindly follow those creators. And if you call anything out, they're like, no, never. They would never. And then they just attack you like and it's like. I just noticed the Annabelle sitting behind you. And I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> oh, and oh, wait, there's Chucky. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's fun. <laughs> right over your shoulder. <laughs> right. She doesn't look like that, but like the real one. But <laughs> Right. I know I want a real like one of the real raggedy Ann dolls, like the, the big ones. But all the ones that I've come across are either insanely expensive mm-hmm. or are just like all dirty and marked up. and. Can't have that. Can't have that. Yeah. So to kind of switch gears, I'm just kind of curious, what got you into paranormal investigating and stuff like that? Or when did you start? When I was possessed at six years old. <gasps> I'm, t- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, oh, you need to tell us. Why did you wait this long to tell us? <laughs> no, my bullshit meter went off. I'm like, he just said he doesn't believe in demons. <laughs> Yet he's possessed at six. No, thank you. I had to switch it up. I felt completely. I'm like, how can I make this really spicy? (laughs) I love it. No, guys, it's totally real. He really was possessed. possessed. No, you know, it's weird. I always tell people, I feel like it's just one of those things I've always loved. You know how people 
were born to sing or dance or whatever it might be. I've just mm-hmm. always loved spooky things, Halloween, the paranormal, horror movies. Ever since I can remember, you know, like Halloween was always my favorite holiday. I think I was probably around, I don't know, seven or eight years old when I begged my mom to watch my first horror movie. And it was Halloween on Halloween. And she sat with me and watched it. And so it was just something I always loved. See, that's like my heart right there. Because Halloween is like my favorite, is my favorite franchise. I mean, granted, I have like my favorite of that is the H2O only because I think it's so funny and ridiculous. But it's like, it's a good cult classic to like watch and be like, oh, this is hilarious. See, and I love Halloween. I love the first and second one and the fourth Mm -hmm. and fifth one. Like those are my four Mm. favorite Halloween movies. But I mean, they're all kind of great, aren't they? I know. And I think those ones go in the same, do those ones go in the same timeline or because Jessica had this like huge web of like different timelines with all the different movies it was wild oh my god because halloween takes like weird turns because like at some point they just are like oh just kidding she has a son just kidding she has a daughter just kidding she doesn't have kids at all and you're like i wait what is happening yeah. <laughs> like one time yeah, there's like there was like seven <laughs> yeah well and the new ones too they kind of like disregarded all yeah. the movies that came mm-hmm. after and just started it after yeah. the first one. Which I liked because it was like a refreshing like palate cleanser from like all the others. Because then mm-hmm. there was too many storylines. Yeah. So to like start over and be like, this is what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. And who doesn't love Laurie Strode? I mean, if I'm going to watch Halloween, I want Laurie Strode in it. Right? Oh, man. I love it. I'm so excited for the next one that's coming out. Yeah. It looks really good looks really good but yeah that's that's kind of what got me into it and then you know from halloween and horror movies then i started watching you know i i think one of the first ghost shows i remember watching was sightings mm-hmm. and i loved sightings and unsolved mysteries and so when a lot of my friends in high school were going to parties i was bringing my friends to cemeteries and we were looking for ghosts with my dad's big camcorder oh on my God. shoulder and i love that i love that <laughs> That was like my high school experience. We would like, we had in this town I went to high school and they had like a a beautiful drive through Catholic cemetery. And so we would just like drive through it really slow at night and get yelled at by the caretaker all the time because he lived on site. (laughs) And like with with me too, because I grew up in the Midwest Mm. in Wisconsin. And so we'd have those really huge, beautiful cemeteries and we would just spend all night there here. It's hard here in California because... I feel like all the cemeteries are right, right next to freeways. So you go there and it's yeah. just traffic noise <laughs> the whole time. There is a beautiful cemetery that's hidden in Santa Cruz. I'll have to like send you the like location of it. I played softball in college and this field that we would play games at was like right across from it, which is so weird because I have the superstition like to cross my fingers when I pass a cemetery on the road because I watched because I was obviously in a softball, so I watched, what is that? Sorry, my brain is a little fuzzy because I just like had this like weird health episode. Mm-hmm. What is the movie with Tom Hanks and Gina Davis in it? It's a baseball movie. Oh. Not The League of Her Own, a different one. Yes, The League. Oh, it is yeah. that one? It is League that one? Of, okay. League of Her Own? <laughs> yeah, League of Her Own. <laughs> they were like, cross. someone on the bus was like, cross your fingers or you'll never get a hit again. So like, as a young, impressionable child, I was like, cross my fingers. But to play across <laughs> the street from... <laughs> A cemetery was horrible. We used to go and investigate it. And there were a lot of like really old headstones. And so it was beautiful. And they have actual like 
I'd say little small mausoleums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. It was funny because I was even thinking of like, Jessica knows how small the town is. Like, cause I'm, we're both from California too. And even that cemetery where I grew up was right there going to like a main road yeah. to like go. <laughs> like it's so the weird. Road out I don't of town. understand it. <laughs> yeah. Like way out of town. But it's like crazy too, because where I live now, like by, well, I don't live in Anchorage, but I'm next to Anchorage. They're just like right there in the middle of town. They're just like fucking there. I'm just like, all right, all right. So whatever. And then there's a couple that are like, because it's Alaska, they're like out too. So it's like a weird mix. I don't know. But probably because like, it's the only major city technically. I'm not sure. But you know, you know, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Yeah, I, I, I definitely miss the the country feel of cemeteries instead of the city feel of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally different. I love the cemetery that we went to in Atlanta. Oh, the Oakland cemetery. That was cool. It was, Mm -hmm. it's really kind of like in suburbia. Yeah. But it's beautiful and they do tours and stuff like that. And you can, Mm -hmm. people were running around doing just like, dressed up and it was like photo shoots it was crazy and stuff. It was i loved cool. it there was a wedding awesome. yes there was a wedding <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff going on it was crazy okay so we have to talk about ouija boards yeah let's. and all of your thoughts on that let's do it i'm ready for the mob with their pitchforks to come after me <laughs> no. Oh, oh no it's fine i like this because it makes me feel better about it like they freak jessica and i out just because mm. of oh well i never really thought about it either way when I was a kid or anything, even though I watched horror movies super young too. But like, I was just like, oh, it's just a Ouija board, whatever. But like, as we've gotten, we get listener submitted stories every month. And there's been a lot with Ouija boards. So we are both like, nope, nope, no, thank you. But I do like, I want to hear everything, all your thoughts on it, because I feel like it's gonna make me feel better. (laughs) Make me not be scared. (laughs) So, you know, for me, a Ouija board is is just a communication tool. It's the same thing as a spirit box, a REM pod, dowsing rods, any equipment that you use and have the intention of talking to spirit. It's it's a communication tool. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't I don't believe in demons. I don't believe in negative entities. It's something that I have never encountered in all my years of investigating. I've gone to a lot of places that have said to have demonic encounters or entities there, mm-hmm. never experienced anything like that. And I've never had any of these crazy Ouija board experiences. I have had times where it has moved or I have felt like I've been touched during them or felt like something was standing behind me, had knocks, bangs, that type of stuff, because that's all normal in spirit communication. But mm-hmm. if you're not ex- I don't want to say experience because you don't have to be experienced, but if you're going into communication with a fear-based belief system, or you're going into communication already kind of being spooked or scared, then every experience you have while using it, you're going to see through that fear lens. And then every knock mm-hmm. you hear is going to be a demon. Every every like cool breeze you feel is going to be a spirit. It, it, you kind of just, it taints the experience a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ouija boards were originally created to bring people together, to be able to have people talk to loved ones that have passed away. So, you know, it, if they were so bad or portals or all that kind of thing, I mean, we would have millions of portals and targets around the world. So <laughs> I think target would be a, a target for some lawsuits, you know. <laughs> true <laughs> i also yeah it's the intention that you go into things with if you have a negative 
if you have a negative outlook, you're going to get what you think is a negative response. Right. And like you said, just because somebody knocks, mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, for a prime example, we were, I went to Brackenford Manor last night with a couple of my friends, three of which, three of which are more experienced mediums, but you know, we used the Ouija board, nothing bad happened, but there were times throughout the night that some people felt really sick to their stomach because they were being impressed by by the spirits around them or felt like uh, like their throat was tightening or felt something outside their head. Again, those things don't equal bad. Just it's what spirit's trying to communicate with you. So, you know, somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience or mm-hmm. looking through things, you know, with fear, you're going to react with fear. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, like, you know, it's one of those things where I don't understand where People will say using a spirit box is okay to communicate with ghosts or spirits, but a Ouija board is bad when if there were demons or something negative, you could easily reach them with a spirit box as a a Ouija board. Mm -hmm. I'm laughing because I own a spirit box, but was like, (laughs) I'll never own a Ouija board. I'm like, yeah, that's me. I have, I'll call myself. I have like three of them (laughs) sitting next to me and I promise my house has not turned into a portal to hell yet. So. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I think like too, especially I feel like in the last, like in the mid 2000s. And so like horror movies started coming out about Ouija boards. I know in like 2013 or 14, there was like two that came out back to back. So I feel like Mm -hmm. that's probably also made people freaked out. But like looking at it like that, it it's like it's basically just another tool. One's Mm -hmm. just, you know, like radio ish type of thing. And then, you know, things like that. So I think people forget about that. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Yeah. I like I it. mean, Hollywood has always put a like an evil spin on it, even with The Exorcist back in the 70s, you know, little girl in the basement mm-hmm. playing with the Ouija board and summons demon and gets possessed, you know? Yeah. It, it's just, it's always been colored as this really negative thing mm-hmm. when I've never had that experience. And, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to negate anybody's experience because, you know, what what they, right, what they right. go through, what they experience in that moment, you know... I, I believe what they're experiencing is real. I would just encourage people to take a step back and think of what else could have been happening in that moment. You know, could it have been a spirit trying to communicate with you? Could it have, you know, been the house settling or anything like that? Just mm-hmm. when you're going to communicate, try to go into it without fear. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing too. Like I noticed people expect like these big, scary things to be there, but it's like, as much as I've been consuming stuff and learning, it seems like a lot of stuff is just like, I mean, it still can be scary, but it's like regular mm-hmm. type of haunts. It's not horror haunts so much. You know what I mean? And I still get spooked going to haunted places, you yeah. know, even though I, you know, I don't believe that mm-hmm. anything there is going to hurt me or harm me. I've seen a lot of horror movies and the dark still creeps me out sometimes, you know, I still think <laughs> something's going to come up behind me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have to look at it. The dark can conceal humans. Like you could be 10 feet away from like a psychopath and not know it. True. And, and that's scarier than like, I would, I would take a quote unquote demon any day over a guy with a knife. Like Mm -hmm. at least, you know, I have some sort of like, I don't know. I grew up evangelical. So demons were a big part of my life only because like anytime somebody was like acting different or wrong people in my church would be like oh they must be like there must be a demon in her life and why because she colored her hair blue or yeah. she, like <laughs> like if tara showed up to my 
my parents' church, they would have been like, she's demon possessed because nobody who is godly would have blue hair. Like, mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I put blonde streaks in my hair and they were like, what's going on with you? And that's the thing too with demons. It's like, it just, it became like a fear tactic, a way to control people. Mm-hmm. Anything that somebody didn't understand or thought was bad or negative, it was automatically a demon. And, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody was different and it was a demon and they had to be exercised. And it was just, you know, lack of understanding i think sometimes Mm -hmm. oh definitely yeah i'm a big criminal minds fan and so there's like an episode where like they do this whole thing about this like priest who is like killing people because he believes in exorcism so much and that any time that they're doing anything wrong like they got into drugs it must be a demon we have to exercise them and like kills them because they strap them to a bed for five days and pray over them dehydration will get you like there's other things a lot of these people that do think that they're possessed or people think they're possessed, I, I, I personally believe that a majority of the time or all the time it has to do with mental illness or something like that. And these people, mm-hmm. they really should be going to see a healthcare professional in those, in those times. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing your faith into it as well. If you want to pray for them or you know anything like that, I'm always for whatever helps you whatever you know but mm-hmm. you know healthcare is important too to bring into the picture mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah because like i know one that's like really that's really really obvious once you look into it is the lisa lamb case because she struggled with all kinds of mental health stuff but then of mm-hmm. course like media and stuff got a hold of it and tried to turn it into Oh, she was playing the elevator game. Oh, someone chased her. A demon chased, not a human, like a demon chased her or Richard Ramirez's ghost and all of this stuff. And it's just like, it's really sad because there's been quite a few that we've done where that's pretty evident that it's more mental health. And that's not, you know, we we obviously believe in this stuff, too. So it's just it's really sad with some of these cases for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then, you know, a lot of it, or not a lot of it, but some of it could be preventable by just, you know, checking in with the healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, a lot of people who are in a state of like a mental crisis, they, they can't take themselves. And it's like when the people around them are like, let's lay hands on and pray. I, I still believe in God, but like, I also believe in seeing a therapist and that medications work and that like, you know, you should, I mean you should seek medical intervention because otherwise, like, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons we have a really high rate of suicide. I think that's why we have a really high rate of people like getting addicted to drugs because they're looking for that escape and the people around them are giving them their own version of what they think. Like, I, I know people who are like, oh, I don't believe people can have anxiety. I believe you can pray it away. And it's like, I suffer from anxiety. My husband suffers from extreme anxiety. Right. And so you're like, no, that's not something you can pray Mm -hmm. away. That's something that you need to seek help for and get professional Mm -hmm. help, not let's sit down. Because I like when I was younger, my parents took me to faith based counseling, Mm -hmm. which was, okay, you've had this trauma in your life. Now let's pray about it. And it's like, well, what did that really do for me? Nothing. They also tried to explain it. Well, the demons of his life brought him to this to do these things. And it's like, no, no, he's an, a he's a human being who has thoughts and he did what he did because he's a bad person. Right. Don't put it on something else. Let the shitbag own his life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this is partly because there's still such 
a stigma around, you know, mental health too. You know, like we're, we're saying before, it's completely fine to pray for somebody and, you know, go through church and stuff like that. But you have to bring in healthcare professionals and therapists that can help create coping mechanisms, medication, if that's, you know, what's needed. You know, there's a whole toolbox of things that you can use to help get this person better. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's honestly, it's one of the reasons why I don't do like home visits and do like investigating in people's mm-hmm. homes. Because from what I've found, and from like people that I've talked to, and a lot of times it does come back to mental illness, where people think that these these demons and negative things are in their home. And I I just personally don't feel comfortable going into that. And I don't feel comfortable telling somebody that what you're experiencing is mental health related and not paranormal. It's, it's a very touchy mm-hmm. subject. And like, I don't want to walk into somebody's home and be like, no, sorry, that is not a demon. That's your <laughs> right? head. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. And so that's personally why I stay away from that, that situation. That's good though. It mm-hmm. just opens up a whole another can of worms. Yeah. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like when I watch shows, like if I were watching Ghost Adventures or like back when Ghost Hunters was on and they would go into people's homes, I'd always feel really uneasy because one, you're putting mm-hmm. these people's lives on blast. And the yeah. whole, I mean, obviously they asked for someone to come, but it's like, sometimes it's very obvious to be like, this person is like, I remember one I was watching, I was like, this guy is obviously schizophrenic. Like, why isn't anyone like helping him? And and whatnot yeah, right. and it was like a big ordeal and i'm just like oh my god someone well, yeah. help him and, and like i said before like not to negate anybody's experiences because what they're experiencing in their home is mm-hmm. very real to them if you're mm-hmm. if you're in a home and in a situation where there's constant negativity or fighting or mental illness or any type of trauma abuse those things that's going to create a really negative environment. And you might feel those things like somebody watching you, something oppressive, you know, the list goes mm-hmm. on and on. And it's actually, you know, we're kind of like the theory of poltergeist comes in, into play because poltergeist activity is actually created by living people. Poltergeist activity, a lot of times is seen when there's teenagers in the home that are going through a lot of trauma or abuse or emotional issues. And it's a type of telekinesis, like it's it's the living person creating these knocks, bangs, items moving, and it has nothing to do with demons or ghosts around you. It's it's that person. It's, there's just so much energy in that home. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. The human mind is incredible, and just I mean, if mm-hmm. you're having this thing fabricated in your mind, like I go back to the fact that like. Tara and I have a friend that we lost about 11 years ago and every year around the anniversary of her death, I have these very vivid dreams where I'm like very aware she's passed on, but like we can sit down and have a conversation. And every once in a while when I'm really stressed and I need to talk to my mom, like who's passed away, I'll have a dream where I get to talk to my mom. And it's like to quote Dumbledore, just because it's happening in your head doesn't mean it's not real because it is real to you. And like when you hear that knock on the wall or from the other room, it's real. I know like sometimes when I'm home by myself, like we have this like a squeegee for our shower and it, the suction thing that sticks to the wall always comes undone. So it'll fall. And immediately I think, holy crap, what's in my house? Like, but then I have to like step back and be like, okay, it's most likely the thing in the shower. Now, if I go into the bathroom and the thing is not (laughs) fallen in the bathtub, I think at that point I'd be like, okay, what the hell? Who's in my, but it's not what's in my house. It's who's in my house. (laughs) Yeah. 
exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I think in times like that where people are having very vivid dreams of past loved ones coming to visit, I believe that that is real visitation. It's real time with spirit. And it's a great thing that we're able to still do that and talk and chat and catch up and help solve problems, whatever the case may be. And I know that like in my head, it's like, I have this like burning question and it's like, I already know my mom's voice and like what she would offer, but it's so calming to like be able to have this dream where Mm -hmm. like, I'm just spending time with her and she's saying the words. It's, it also can be like the first time it happened, it scared the crap out of me because it felt so real. And I was like, and it happened with our friend first. And I was like, holy, Mm -hmm. holy crap. Like, I think I texted Tara Mm -hmm. the next day. I was like, Ash came to me in a dream. Like, and I was so like, it felt so real, but it's never negative. Mm -mm. Yeah. Cause I've had those with her too. And it's just, it's always weird. Cause I think like, I don't know, it's sometimes where I know like Jessica does. And there's other times where it's just like, we're just doing whatever. So it's just really Mm -hmm. weird. I don't know. Because I was like, that doesn't, it didn't make sense to me. Because like, like you said, you every time with her, you do know. Mm. So I was like, okay. So I don't know as yeah. far as that goes. But and that's another thing that like makes me mad on TikTok too, is where people will try to spin those experiences, like your friend or your mom coming to visit you mm. and dreams and stuff like that. They try to spin it into something negative, like it's a trickster spirit mm. or a demon in disguise. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I've, I've like people have even said, you know, people that have lost children and they have visitations from their children. They're like, oh no, children's spirits are always <gasps> evil demons. And it's like, why, wow. why, are you, why are you taking that beautiful experience and turning it into something so dark and negative? Right. It's like, no, I'm like, they're just having visitations from their loved ones and that's it. Plain and simple. There's no tricks. There's no demons, yeah. it, you know? But it's sad because that's what gets the views. That's what people watch. That gets me mad because you just think about like, I can, like, I'm thinking about our friend's mom, like how she probably would feel this like amazing sense of peace knowing that she would come visit Mm -hmm. her and to have someone say to her, oh no, that's negative. I, that, that crushes me. Yeah. Yeah. Or when people say, you know, this is another kind of controversial topic is when people say spirits are stuck. Mm. Mm. You know, like with hauntings and homes, like personally, I I don't believe that spirits get stuck. I don't think, you know, even when I go to a location for a haunting, uh, a lot of that is residual energy that you're picking up on, things that are just kind of playing on a loop. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's necessarily a spirit there. Can a spirit come there because you have that intention out there? Yeah, a lot of times when you put that intention out there, spirit will come from the other side and interact with you. But the the whole getting stuck or trapped in a house that doesn't really make sense to me because mm-hmm. at the end of the day we are like we are spirit inside mm-hmm. of us it's a soul we are spirit you know we're just here for a short time and then we go back home and so why would we choose to be stuck here or stay here like right. no we're going home i'm going home i'm done <laughs> like, i believe that like people's people's spirits end up liking someplace or it feels comfortable and so they come back to like visit yeah, I think I think spirits come back to visit, you know, the residual energy we pick up on. There's a lot of different things, but, you know, for people to be like, oh, they're trapped there. They're stuck. They can't leave. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, yeah. Tara's literally wearing the Bell Witch shirt, which it's like, we know oh, that that woman yes. travels, so. I would <laughs> love to investigate the Bell Witch cave. Oh, my God. Us, too. It's on our bucket list. I think that yeah. would be amazing. 
I, I, that's one of my favorite episodes of Ghost Hunt or Ghost Adventures only because of the ridiculousness of it. Like every time we watch it, I'm like, and then <laughs> someone kicked a rock and that's the spirit. It's like, no, she's, she has stuff to do people. Mm-hmm. She out there <laughs> living her best life, leave her alone or her best afterlife. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's one of ours for sure. Shoot. There was something I was going to ask and now it's like, it's left my brain because Jessica mentioned the Bell Witch. That's okay. Can we talk about the newest video and where you went and all of that stuff? Sure, we definitely okay? can. <laughs> okay. So yeah, recently I just went to Haunted Hill House in Texas. Definitely they, they promoted it as a very haunted location. I Like when we got there, we had to sign a waiver, you know, releasing all harm that may come to us because apparently they've had hundreds of people get scratched and like... Tens of people get possessed and pushed and pulled off beds and just a whole slew of really crazy activity. And mm. so my friend Joey and I went there to go spend the night. We were super excited, but it, it it's turned into something different. Mm-hmm. We got there. One of the things we noticed right away was we were given, we were allowed into the house at eight o'clock and when we got in, we were given a tour. We did not know that this tour was going to last three hours long. Oh my God. So that was the kind of the first thing that I was like, I like, this is now 11 o'clock and I haven't started investigating. I haven't filmed anything for my channel. But one of the first red flags that kind of set me off is they have a entity or demon, as she would call it, named Toby that lives in the house. And during the beginning of the tour, she was like, well, Toby is very vocal between 8.20 and 8.40. So one of you go sit in that room and listen for him. And I, I was thinking to myself, like, this is a very specific <laughs> time frame for a DM coming through. <laughs> We're like, you got that down to the minute, girl. <laughs> and of course, my friend Joey, she went in there, sat down, and we did hear something came through. It was very quick and brief. And it spooked us a little bit. And we're like, okay, well, that was kind of weird but once we were set free to investigate our, on our own we kind of we kind of found some things that kind of led us down a different path and believing that maybe this isn't all that it's cracked up to be mm-hmm. for example one of the rooms during the tour this is the other thing during the tour it seems like they wanted to show us a lot of activity to mm-hmm. kind of almost like to prove to us that it was this really haunted place and so we went up to one of the upstairs bedrooms and we were using or they were using a REM pod at the time and we were getting a lot of activity. And for people that don't know what a REM pod is, it's a device. It has an antenna on top and it emits an electromagnetic field. Mm-hmm. So anything that impresses on that field or anything electrical that comes close to it, it's going to set it off. And so the theory is that ghosts can manipulate this with, with their energy and kind of interact with us they had the REM pod set up and we were getting a lot of activity it was just going off going off going off and you know at first I was thinking oh this is cool it's going to be an active night but when we went up there Joey and I brought our REM pod our equipment up there and I set the REM pod down and it immediately started doing the same thing as before and so as an investigator it's always good to try to debunk whatever you can Mm -hmm. and I looked over to the left and I noticed right away that there was a plasma ball in the corner. 
one of those devices that gives off a lot of electricity. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I feel like this is why it's going off so much. And so the closer I brought it to the plasma ball, it just went off, like off the charts, brought it away and it stopped. And once I brought it away, it didn't go off again. So it's one of those things where, you know, in the owner's with the lady there, she said she had been in the paranormal or investigating for over 30 years. And it's one of those things where I'm like, if you've been doing this this long, you should know that bringing things in like a plasma ball or something that emits a lot of electricity, you're going to get false positives on your equipment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was more than one of them in the house. Was it hidden or was it like out in the open? It wasn't hidden. It was out in plain sight. But I feel like for people you know, that aren't experienced or don't know what a REM pod is, you know, because a lot of people go to these places that aren't investigators and they just like a spooky time, a spooky night. And so they would have, they'd have no idea that that's what's causing the activity. And the night went on and we, we heard this demon Toby quite a few times after that. And I, I have serious suspicions about it and I'm very skeptical. I, I think I know what is causing it, but you don't have to watch the video and come to your own conclusions. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. And for everybody else's entertainment, I spit my water earlier when we were talking about this <laughs> off recording because I was cracking up because now I'm like, why is this so fucking funny to me? In one of the Paranormal Activity movies, I thought it was funny, that demon is named Toby. And I was like, that's I was fun. just thinking like, why, like, why do people, I was thinking I had Toby is a name for a demon, apparently. One, it's a weird name for a demon. I would think it would have this like super Greek, like Latin name, but Toby is cool. Yeah. Well, and I I said that to Joey (laughs) after our tour. I was like, Toby, um, that's the same name as the demon in paranormal activity. But, you know, the amount of times that this Toby character or voice came through, it just got to be comical kind of at the end. They had this, they had this kitchen Mm. area with a whole bunch of like cameras set up. Or you could go back and watch things if you mm. if you thought something happened. And we were in there and we were just kind of like drinking our water, snacking on stuff. And you could hear Toby in the other room going off and going off. And we looked at each other and we're like, oh, there's Toby again, getting closer. And you like, it just became like, it became comical. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Y'all definitely got to watch it for sure. Oh. <laughs> Is the I would is the waiver thing like normal when you yes. go places and stuff? Different places will put different things in their waivers, but it's pretty common to sign a waiver so that if anything happens while you're in the home, they're not liable for any injuries or stuff like that. I don't know if I've ever had signed one before that said they weren't responsible for possession and stuff. I think this is my first, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> That's a very specific, like, if you are if you become possessed, we're not responsible. You are 100% responsible. Right. You, brought, you allowed me right. in this house. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think maybe you two are more well-versed in, like, the true crime thing than I am. Like, I, that's not my area of expertise. But, you know, some of the things that they said, the stories kind of didn't match up. Like, they had claimed that some, something really bad happened to a girl on property and that they had found remains on property. And this, she said this happened around 2010. But when I went back and searched for it, the only thing that I could find with a teenager around 2010 happened about 15 minutes away from the house. And her remains were found 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like they were just taking stories and incorporating yeah. them into the history. 
And the yeah. weird thing about it is she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we even still under investigation and we have another team coming back. And I'm, I don't know if this is how it works. Or not. I'm like, I said, I'm not well versed in it, but I'm like, if this is still an open investigation, how can you have people coming to the house where there might be evidence, you know, how right. that didn't just, it yeah. didn't make sense or to me. they wouldn't love wherever that, yeah. the remains were found it would be very obvious because if it's still like they would have it like mm-hmm. roped off or something like that right. like taped Even off still like i mean it is 11 years later but i don't know i feel you'd be able to find something yeah, and when yeah. i looked i couldn't i couldn't find anything linking that back to that property yeah mm-hmm. that happens a lot in stories for instance like lizzie borden there, like, there's two properties that she's associated with, like, with a family property and then, like, the house she actually lived in. And a lot of times, the stories of, like, what happened at the other property get brought onto the property. Oh, the kid fell in the well. It's like, well, where Lizzie Borden lived was in the city. Like, there was no freaking well that she could fall into. Like, you know, yeah. it happens. And, and I think they're hoping that someone Googles it and only gets the headline, like, mm, mm-hmm girl's remains found in this town and they don't click on the article right yeah because it, you know the town did come up but it was a, a different part of the town right now could they have found remains there possibly i'm just saying that with my research the, the little research that i did i didn't find anything to like corroborate the story mm-hmm. i mean the world is so old at this point like you can't really say that what i mean like everywhere has remains if you right. dig deep enough. I mean, just like what, 200 years ago, less than 200 years ago, where I live is was completely unclaimed territory and had mm-hmm. just indigenous peoples. I grew up around in or like indigenous burial sites. So I mean, for me to hear like, oh, remains found like my mind doesn't go immediately to like trauma, it could just be like, someone got old and died. And they right. this was a family farm at one point, And they just buried grandpa on the farm it doesn't always have to be you know true now if the remains are from 2010 that's probably a crime we have the the wherewithal and there's laws in place that you can't just bury people wherever you want yeah there was just a lot of a lot of stories added to it and i even in my in in my video the first part of the video i i told a bunch of like some of the stories that we were told and I don't remember if it was commented mm-hmm. on YouTube or a different platform, but other people that have been there have said, wow, there's a lot more stories to that place now than when I went there a couple of years ago. Oh, so, I saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you not take responsibility for that? And also, how dare you like monopolize on this young girl's death? Right. That is truly yeah. messed up. And that's truly like, that's sickening. And Mm -hmm. someone's grieving that girl and you're using it as like, oh, it's just a fun story as part of our, our tour. Something, something spooky and traumatic Mm -hmm. that happened on the property, you know, Mm -hmm. that was my experience. Part two comes out on Thursday and we'll all find (laughs) it. We'll all find out what I think is happening. (laughs) Yeah. Super excited for that. I guess before we wrap up, if you had any kind of like advice besides what you've already given for people who are wanting to go either on haunted tours or investigations, things like that for them, because I know a lot of our Mm -hmm. listeners are interested in doing that. Just we haven't been able to give any education because we don't, you know, we don't anything. You're the expert. So we figured we'd ask you. (laughs) I mean, uh, the, the advice I always give people is 
be more curious than afraid when you're going to investigate. And for somebody that's new, I would say if you're having experiences, write them down. Like say, for example, if if you walk into a room and you feel a headache or you walk into another room and feel pressure on your throat or on your chest or something like that, write it down and go back and look. And maybe somebody passed away in that area from, you know, like something to do with the chest or the head or something like that. Those things, like it doesn't equal bad or negative or something trying to attack you. Sometimes it's just that residual energy or spirit impressing you with the energy that you're feeling. And just don't be afraid. And if something, if something does happen to you that just feels off or, you know, like some people, you know, for just using the head again, for example, say you walk in and you get a headache right away. A lot of times if you just acknowledge it, like, oh, I got a headache when I walked into this room, but I know this is not my energy. A lot of times if you just acknowledge it, it kind of just keeps the energy flowing and then it dissipates and goes away. Mm -hmm. Other than that, just, you know, be truthful, be respectful to the home and the spirits and the history there and just have fun catching evidence and seeing, seeing what you can come up with. That's kind of my favorite. I mean, my favorite part is being in the location, but my second favorite part is coming home Mm -hmm. and going through the footage and catching EVPs and stuff like that and seeing what I found that I didn't notice while I was there. Yeah, I love it. Do you have any other questions before we wrap up, Jess? I don't think so now. You don't you don't want to talk about me being possessed anymore as a child. I mean <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to give us a theatrical story, yeah, yes. you could, like more than write you a can. story about it. You could definitely I mean just use poltergeist yeah. as, a, <laughs> as an example. I'd be like, this is what happened to me. I was that in front of my TV and then all this stuff happened. (laughs) All right. Well, that is going to wrap up our interview here today with Michael. We hope you all enjoyed. And if you would like to find him on social media, again, he is from Glowing Ghost Paranormal. You can find him on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, all of that great stuff. Everything will be linked down below for you to check it out. And we will see you on Monday. Bye, guys. Bye.